1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sometimes they give us way too much to preach on. There's at least three, maybe four, sermons in this reading from the Gospel alone. I will be not tempted to do three sermons. But what I do want to talk about is the first part of the gospel. Jesus goes into this town, Matthew is there t- taking taxes, and he says, come on, come with me. And Matthew goes with him and takes him to his house, where a whole bunch of other tax collectors and whatever kind of sinners there were join him for dinner, the bad crowd. Let's put it that way. Okay, like unrighteous crowd. Well, the righteous, who were not there but saw what was happening, start complaining. Jesus makes a very strong comment. He says, "Look, I didn't come for the righteous. That's not my purpose. I came for those who need." who need to be made righteous. It's a very interesting comment. Very interesting. I require mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus quotes the scriptures. In the psalms. You know, you would think after 2,000 years we would have learned this, right? But let me ask you a question. Over the last 50 years, churches have declined from having about 70% of the members of the United States belong to a clear denominational church. Today it's less than 50%. During that time, the average attendance was 40%, it's now less than 25%. What has happened? What do you think is going on? What do you think the image of the church is that has caused people to say, it's not there that I want to be? When I was at the cathedral, there was a young man. The cathedral seats 800 people, it's about four times the size of this church. Our average students are about 200 on And I made sure they sat in the front because I I put cushions in the front, not the back.
0: But this young guy came in and
1: backed the church every Sunday for about a month and sat in the very last pew. But he would leave before the service, just as the service was finishing and we were going out in a big, you know, procession, he would leave. So one day I asked my senior canon, y'all remember, how many of y'all remember Canon Logan? Anyone remember Canon Logan? He was a fabulous guy. In any case, I said, Bill, uh, I want you to finish service, I'm leaving, and I'm gonna go back to church, and I'm gonna catch him before he (laughs) leaves." So I went back, was snuck back, sure enough, he comes out and I (laughs) grab him. And I said, why are you leaving? He said, oh, (laughs) okay. Long story short, he was a student at the College of Creative Studies and had never been in a Christian church prior to attending. And I said, would you mind if I would you go to lunch with me? He said, yeah, i guess so. So I took him to lunch and I said, what prompted you to come? He says, well, I'm an artist. And I figured there might be something pretty in the church. <laughs> and he says, it is. It's is, it is, it is beautiful. It is, it is. He says, but I don't think you understand how intimidating it is to come into that church. And I said, You're right, they don't. He says, It is damn intimidating for someone who does not come to church. I said, What's the intimidation factor? And he said, well, church is for the holy people. It's for the good people, the righteous people, the ones who do right. And I know I don't. And I said, well, you're wrong about that.
0: He says, you would never know it.
1: <laughs> Think about that. What's the world's image of the church? After 2,000 years, we have not learned to project the ends that we're not the righteous people. Righteousness is, imp- is imputed, it's not earned. That's what, we, that's what Paul told us today. You don't earn righteousness, you don't earn forgiveness. Why, well, yes, you do you know how you earn forgiveness? By needing it. Think about that. We earn forgiveness by needing forgiveness. But you get it whether you believe you deserve it or not. Ask the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift given, whether you ask for it or not whether you want it or not, whether you believe it or not. And yet, how often? Just within the last two weeks, a person came to me, a councilman who was struggling with the circumstance of still holding a grudge against someone who had hurt them bad. And I said, you know what you need to do? Forgive them." Well, they haven't asked. And I said, so what? Well, they haven't asked. He said, no, they don't. No, they don't. Well, then how do they give it? You give it. <laughs> it's a gift. Whether they take it or not is really not the issue. It's the fact that you have given the gift. And it's not set on whether or not they deserve it. Because they don't. And neither do any of us. It's given from God, because that's His gift given. And therefore we're not righteous people. The church is not made up of righteous people. It's made up of sinners who need forgiveness and in which righteousness gets imputed to us, not for what we do, but for the faith and attitude we have. I've told this story before, but it's worth telling. I learned the Old Testament primarily from a guy named Harvey Swigel. What a name, right? He was a Lutheran pastor, but he grew up in Milwaukee. A very, very poor Norwegian family. And his father during the the Great Depression lost his job and made money by cutting wood for selling to people who needed wood for their fireplaces and their stoves. Didn't do well. So they lived hand-to-mouth. Harley was old enough, about 14, 15 years old, and he died newspaper route i had to collect every week otherwise he probably wouldn't get paid for the people who buy the newspapers but he didn't have to play the route director but once a month first month he did pretty well and he got more people they liked him. he went and got people to get more so he paid the route director everything was fine but the second month he made a lot more and suddenly, oh, that money went well, made him a big shot at school because he could buy all his friends candy and other kinds of things and became very popular. At the end well, of the month, guess how much money he had to pay the route director? Zero. So, what does he do? Well, he makes sure he doesn't see the route director, right? Shows up late to get his papers. Makes point every effort he can to avoid the director. He's able to do it for most a month. You'd have thought he'd stop being the big shot. No, he still did a little bit of that and tried to save the money, but he was too tempted. Finally, the director showed up at the house on Saturday morning. His father was out cutting the wood. They called a the family meeting at the dinner table. Hardly was the oldest boy of five kids. The director explained the situation graphically from his point of view about how, what a cheat this boy was, what a, what a immoral kid this was. And as he related the story, he Hardly became embarrassed and humiliated and just couldn't look at anybody. When he was finished, his father said to Harley, Harley, look at me. He couldn't. He was too embarrassed. His father said, Look at me. He looked up. He said, What you have done is unacceptable. You have embarrassed this family. You have caused inevitable harm to us. You are immoral. We try to be a bigger shot. And we will pay a terrible price for months to pay this debt. And this will not ever, ever, ever happen again. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. I want you to know one thing out of this heart. His chopping wood. And it was never mentioned again. single most important event in that boy's life dictated the rest of his life. Free gift of forgiveness. Not without consequence. Michael Marshall, a great preacher of the last century, English preacher, evangelist, had a phrase, he said, you know, the worst thing that ever happened in the world is the introduction of sin. It's the worst thing that ever happened. And it's the worst thing you'll ever do. It'll change your life horribly. But here's the real strange thing about it. It's better to have sin and be forgiven. Than to have never sinned at all. Because then you will know God intimately. At the core of God's purpose for you,
0: it's not being righteous that
1: matters, it's being forgiven that matters. And when you know what forgiveness means, giving it is the greatest gift you'll ever give anybody. It can't be earned. If it's earned, then it's not a gift. If you have to forgive because they have done what is necessary to warrant that, what is it? That should be for the Matthews of this world. Hated, despised, and unrighteous. It should be for the people who don't deserve to be here. One last story. When I was at the cathedral, we did a, when we tried it here, it just didn't work quite the same, we did Christmas, back first One I ever did. Now, the cathedral was down, is down where it used to be the cast court, you know, prostitutes, drug addicts, all that kind of stuff, right? And so we sent out these invitations to come and have a free banquet at the cathedral on Christmas Day. I had 200 volunteers, we had food for 600, and five showed Disaster. Well, what did Jesus say about that? If the invited weren't, didn't come, what do you do? You go out and get them. So what we did is we piled into our cars, we drove around, and we invited them to come and have a man. By the end of the day, we had served 600 people. But at one point, my daughter, who was in high school, Came in and said, "Dad, there's a guy outside. He won't come in." I said, "What?" Got in the car. He didn't come. He won't come in. So I said, "Okay, let me go talk to him." So I went out to talk to him. So and I said, uh, "Come on in." He said, "This is a church, right?" I said, "Yes." Yeah. He says, "I can't come in." I said, "Wait a minute, you, you can He said, "If you knew who I was and what I have done, you wouldn't let me Who you are? I don't care what you've done. You're my guest today. I want you to come in, please. You start crying. Now, I took him by the arm and I walked in. As we walked in, two of the other street people came up, saw him, and came up and says, "He can't come in here." I said, "I beg your pardon." He's a bad man. He is a bad man, he should not be here. And he started to leave, and I said, no. Grab him by the car. He said, of all people, he deserves to be here the most. I said, I don't know what you're gonna do, I turned to him, I said, I don't know what you're gonna do when you leave here, but for right hand, you're forgiven. What you do with that is your business. But you are forgiven. You're a new person for this moment, and you deserve to be here. He stayed with us two years. Got off the alcohol and got a job. He took his forgiveness. He didn't deserve it, and he took it. That's what churches are about, brothers and sisters. It's not that we are the righteous people. God knows
0: we're not. We're going to And that's what we offer. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. And may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.